Hey guys, welcome to episode uh, 40 of the 1023 Soul Shop Talk podcast, sort of. Um, I'll preface this for anyone who's listening um, later. Uh, this is going to be probably better watched on YouTube. You're welcome to just listen to. I'll try to keep like enough commentary on what's going on that it's easy to follow along with. Planning an OBS towing build. Uh, really planning any 7.3 build, but specifically we're going to talk about OBS trucks for now. And the important thing here is that we need to know what you want to use the truck for. And then we need to choose injectors and a turbo that match that. And I would... I would honestly say that probably more important than injectors is choosing a turbo that's going to fit within a, uh, an RPM band that you need the truck to perform well in. And so the larger you go with injectors and the larger you go with a turbo, I should say the larger you go with injectors will require you to run a larger turbo. Um, and of course that means a lot of things. There's a lot of components in a, in a turbo, but, um, the larger turbo you have to run, and then the narrower the window is going to be for you to make power. And so, like, let's say uh, you want something that's going to be around, like, 300 horsepower. We'll choose a, you know, 300, 350 horsepower, somewhere in there. We'll choose a modest turbo that's going to have, like, uh, a usable power range from, say, 1,800 RPM to around, you know, 2,800 RPM, somewhere in there. It's a pretty broad window for a 7.3. The problem with going larger is say you want a 500 horsepower build. And this is one of the questions we get asked a lot is um, people want to build a 500 horsepower 7.3 and still tow with it. And my argument against that, one of them is, um, aside from just reliability, is that you're, you're going to deal with efficiency issues on a 7.3, like around 3,000 RPM. Like they just don't make power that high. Um, and if you run a larger setup, you run a turbo that's capable of making 500 horsepower, then it's going to be even laggier. And it's going to be kind of useless anything below like 2,200 RPM, 21, 2,200 RPM. Um, and, you know, sure, that gives you a lot more power for like an 800 RPM window, but that's really not that useful outside of the potential like, you know, catastrophic failures you could have if you could make that much power and keep it cool. And so, you know, one of the biggest issues you're going to fight is temperatures, specifically exhaust temperatures. And so it's good to have your build planned around, again, what do you need the truck to do good for you? Because especially with the 7.3, without a VGT turbo, with a four-speed transmission, like we're very limited on what we're going to be capable of doing with these trucks. And so what I want to do in this podcast slash video is uh, I want to go through choosing the parts that we would want to use for the kind of build that you want the truck to be useful with um, or the kind of thing you want the truck to be good at. And that is like daily driving, responsive, towing and reliable, like diagnosable and usable with the widest power range we can have. Um, and it sounds like the audio is still good. So hopefully we're just going to be able to roll with this. So I'm going to jump over to um, our website here and um, start kind of running through the parts that we would want to go with. Now I've already mentioned that, we're probably going to shoot for like the 300 to 350 horsepower ish range of usable power. And that's about what we're going to see anyway. We're going to see um, like really for a reasonable price uh, about the most amount of money that we can make uh, or most amount of power that we can make is, uh, is around 300, 350 horsepower that's actually going to be usable where you could put your foot to the floor and work the truck in most scenarios, as long as you have the proper supporting modifications. 
So the first thing we're going to look at is going to be injectors, and then we're going to look at, at turbo. Um, if I need to, I can blow this up more. Just let me know. So I'm going to jump onto the uh, OBS trucks and then fuel system and HPOP and fuel injectors. And we're going to take a look at um, stage one injectors. Now, I've said this many, many times in other podcasts, but stage one injectors are really about as good as it gets on an OBS if you want reliability, serviceability, and repairability. And the ability to diagnose the truck. With stage ones, um, so a 160-0 injector, we're going to be capable of um, running the truck in a stock tune, and it will run exactly like stock. I'm just going to search for it here. There we go. Having the ability to run the truck like like totally stock um, is really nice if you have a runnability problem. Like if you have idle issues or you feel like you have a miss or something like that, it can be harder to diagnose a truck with a chip in it, whether the chip is the issue, you have a connection problem, um, or just the fact that now the truck is tuned and it's not doing what it should have done from the factory. And a lot of shops don't know how to work on um, modified trucks. Now, 160-0s being that they're the same injection ratio and the same nozzle size or 7 to 1 injection ratio um, as the stock AA code injectors means that they will run just like stock if you leave like ICP and pulse width like stock. So this is what I'd recommend. It'd be a um, unlimited diesel or Rosewood diesel, and there's other brands too. Um, we really recommend unlimited diesel um, stage one 160-0 injectors. You could, for the same kind of build, use like a 16030 or a 18030. So what typically people would refer to as a stage one and a half. The reason I say that's maybe not worth it on an OBS is that um, the only time that a 30% nozzle is going to be of much benefit versus a stock nozzle in this scenario is at high RPM, basically wide open throttle in a race tune. Outside of that scenario, like that's, that's, your, that's your biggest window. And as you come away from um, high RPM, uh, uh, like high pulse width, so in a race tune, um, and like lower in the pedal, like as you come down from that, the, the gap starts to narrow on why that nozzle would be useful. You know, like there's plenty of time to get the fuel in the cylinders to make use of it with a stock nozzle. And so there's nothing wrong with running a 30% nozzle. There's just not a ton of benefit, except in that scenario, they'll make you know, another like 40 horsepower, 30, 40 horsepower more than a stock nozzle will. And unless that's the scenario you're trying to make the most amount of power, it may not be worth going for more than that. So stage one injectors, um, I said, I like unloaded diesel. Um, one of the things we do is we offer uh, free tuning for the injectors if you buy the injectors from us. But um, this is across the board, whoever you order from doesn't matter. It's just easy enough for me to look at it on our website here. Um, I do recommend using a PHP Hydra for tuning. Um, they are the most versatile chip that you can get. Um, basically, everyone who writes tuning for a 7.3 writes tuning for a PHP Hydra, like every tuning company that writes tuning for a 7.3. Um, you can load the tunes on the chip yourself, so you can choose who you want to buy them from, and then they can be emailed to you, and you can load them on the chip yourself. You don't have to send the chip off to be burned like you do with basically every other 7.3 chip. 
Now I see a lot of people asking like, well, can I use my DP tuner? And the answer to that is uh, you technically could. Um, the DP tuners are, um, I don't remember F6 or whatever, I think is their newest one. Like they, but you, we would need to send the files to DP to be, uh, to be converted. I don't remember what the file type is or what his size is that their chip uses. Um, they would need to be sent to him to be converted. Nobody's going to do that. So, um, the most like widely available tuning you can get is for a PHP Hydra and you can flash it yourself, including if there's tune revisions that need to be made. Um, it's an email away rather than sending the chip off away. Uh, and they're like $350. It's a great price as of, you know, 2022. Um, core charge part doesn't really matter for this. Um, so $1,200, we picked injectors. The next thing is going to be the turbo. And f- frequently what we, um, what we used to see with OBS trucks and what we used to recommend was um, really anything like stage one and a half injector and above, it starts to make a lot of sense to go to a T4 turbo instead of a, like a drop-in turbo. So turbo that just drops in place of the stock one. And that was mainly because of the price. If you look at, um, let's do this, uh, Banks OBS intercooler kits. You're going to spend like seventeen to eighteen hundred dollars um, on an intercooler kit. Um, you're going to spend if you go with the drop-in turbo in this case, like a KC Stage One turbo, which is we'll talk about that in a minute. You're going to spend about um, like eleven hundred and ninety dollars. Um, you're going to spend about three hundred to five hundred dollars on up pipes, and then another like hundred to two hundred on a pedestal. Um, and if you go that route, then it then it you know it it used to be around like $3,200 or so, like as of like a year or two ago, um, it used to be around $3,500 or so to get a T4 kit. You could, you got up pipes, you got a down pipe, you got intercooler piping, a spider, plenums, boots and clamps, like basically everything you need from the down pipe all the way to an intercooler. And it did cost a little bit more than doing it this way with a, um, with a, you know, a intercooler kit and a drop in turbo and all that. Well, now it's quite a lot more like, it's like about $800 more to do a T4 kit instead of a drop-in. In this power range that we're talking, like a tow rig where we want a wide band of usable power, KC turbos are fantastic. They're like, you're not going to get like a lot better performance or more usable power or better EGT control by going to a T4 kit with like an, an S363 or an S364 and a half. It's going to be very similar. So, um, so price-wise, in this category, you're probably not better off going with a T4 kit. All right, so next up is going to be the turbo. Um, we'll jump over to OBSs, and then we'll go to turbos and drop-in turbos. So KC Stage 1. Now, this is another thing we see a lot. Um, we have guys that all uh, look at doing a, like we'll recommend doing a KC stage one turbo. And they say, well, why don't I do a KC stage two? It's like, I think it's like 20 or $40 more than a stage one is. Um, and the reason is like I mentioned earlier, the, the larger the turbo you go with the less, like the less of a power window you're going to have. And with a, a, a KC stage two, it has a larger turbine wheel and 
far as you know, we've seen the data we've seen the the larger turbine wheel, the sixty three millimeter turbine wheel instead of a seventy, sorry, seventy three millimeter turbine wheel versus a seventy millimeter turbine wheel on the stage one. The KC stage two is going to be better in like in that wide open throttle, high RPM in a race tune scenario. But if your goal is a towing rig or something that's going to be reliable, like you're probably not going to spend a lot of time there. So if you, if you did, if you genuinely were going to spend a lot of time in that scenario, then maybe the larger turbine will make sense because it'll help you manage back pressure and exhaust temperatures um, in that scenario. But a, a smaller turbo that's going to be more efficient at a lower RPM and a lower load is going to be able to manage EGTs better in those scenarios. That's just sort of a generalization. But uh, nonetheless, I recommend a KC Stage 1 turbo, not the Stage 2. Um, you are going to have to figure out what boot you have, um, what, bo- what boot op- option you'll need. Um, you're either going to have like a metal, um, a uh, like a pot metal, like a, a aluminum um, intake tube into a boot into your turbo. I think uh, I thought we had a picture of it, but I guess I don't. It's probably somewhere else. Anyway, um, or you'll have like one plastic intake tube that runs from your turbo all the way up to like right above your valve cover. If it's two pieces between your turbo and your valve cover, um, then you're going to want to select the 3.5 inch metal intake tube. If it's one solid plastic piece between the turbo and over your valve cover, it's going to be the the four inch intake tube. We'll add that. All right. The next thing is going to be, um, uh, fuel system. And this isn't in any particular order other than you're not going to be able to make use of even a stage one injector without a fuel system. The stock fuel system, if it's perfectly healthy, is going to be capable of um, working well, like maintaining fuel pressure, maybe up to like like 250 horsepower to the ground. Um, so it's fine for the stock injectors, but we're going to be capable of making, you know, mid 300s to high 300s on a, even an AC code, stage one injector. So you're going to need an electric fuel system. There are a ton of options for these. The ones I would look at are going to be 444 fab, um, driven diesel, or irate diesel. Now, the most common ones that we sell are going to be irate diesel, and I'm going to use them as an example here, but I would look at the, at the other options out there. Um, they're really, like any of them are going to be good. Um, so fuel system... Uh, fuel system kits. There we go. IRA diesel has two different fuel system kits and the main difference between them is going to be that they have their, their complete OBS fuel system and then they have their competition OBS fuel system. The biggest difference is that the, the lower priced one, the complete kit is going to work from a selector valve forward. So you retain both tanks and it uses a Walbro fuel pump, which is plenty of fuel pump for this kind of power. Um, really anything up to like around 500 or more, five, 550, so like a 250-100 injector. Um, but a uh, the problem that we've seen, I, re- I like their kits. I really do like their kits a lot. Um, the problem we've seen is the Walbro pumps are not that reliable, especially if you work from the selector valve forward. So you have a couple options. You can build your own um, system using like a marine selector valve instead, something that's going to flow better than the stock one. Um, that's one option or just run one tank. And I can't go too much into depth on that, but if you do some research, there's tons of options for running like a Bronco tank or something like that. Um, I don't like, it is nice to retain both tanks and just hook up to it, 
Um, but a lot of the failures we see from Walboro pumps or any pump is because of restriction issues um, in the selector valve, which if it was functioning perfectly, they probably wouldn't have that issue, but they don't function perfectly with, you know, several hundred thousand miles on them. So for the purpose of this, we're going to choose the uh, IRA diesel complete fuel system, keeping in mind that that isn't the best pump you can choose. If you go this route and the pump fails, one, they are cheap, which isn't a good excuse. Uh, and two, they, you can change that to something else if you want to. You can put a different pump on it, but I like overall, these kits are really nice because it keeps the, um, the filters mounted high on the frame rail. You're not going to be hanging down. Um, I like the stainless hard lines and it is a complete kit. So we'll add that. Actually, did I forget to add the hydro with the injectors? I think I'm going to do it this way. I do want the hydro with the injectors. And I'm going to skip the core charge. All right, let me go edit the car real quick. And delete that one. Also, guys, if you guys have questions, um, go ahead and throw them in the... Um, uh, in the chat and I will get to them later. All right. So if you want to talk about like what things should be done together, um, it doesn't really matter. Like what I usually recommend is like, if you have a problem with your truck, like you have injector issues or you have a fuel system issue or you have a turbo issue, like address that first. If we're doing a build like this, it's not really going to matter. Um, the only things I would say are you would want to do like your tuning and injectors together, at least if you're getting them from us, because We'll include the tuning for free when you get injectors, which saves you about three hundred dollars. Um, and you can run a you know an AC code so one sixty zero on a stock OBS just fine. You just won't be able to use the full capacity of the injector unless you have the other supporting modifications. Um, the other things I would do together are like I would do the fuel system and the turbo together, uh, just because the turbo is kind of a pain to pull on OBS trucks, and uh, you have to take the turbo out to do the fuel system to install a fuel system. So the turbo and fuel system, I would do together, uh, injectors and tuning. I would do that together, but like all of it does not have to be done together. Um, next up also with the turbo, I'll say this, um, you are going to want to get a blank turbo pedestal. Um, and I would recommend anyway, getting rid of the exhaust back pressure valve. The exhaust back pressure valve is the outlet on the turbo that mostly was just used to put load on the engine would close when it's cold on a cold start to put load on the engine, uh, to help the truck warm up faster, um, which is useful. Um, except they're also a really common place for the valve to get stuck. Um, or for the rod that actuates the valve that's in the pedestal, like the rods actuates out of the pedestal, um, the oil, uh, it's a really common place for an oil leak. So if you're going to be going into this, I would recommend getting a, a blank turbo pedestal. So you don't end up with oil leaks or the valve sticking. The, usually the two components you would want are going to be a high flow outlet on the turbo, which is the outlet on the turbo without the valve in it, and the blank pedestal that doesn't have the rod that actuates the valve. If you get a KC turbo, it comes with a high flow outlet already on it, that, so you don't need to purchase a high flow outlet, but you will want to get a blank turbo pedestal. Sadly, I don't have any blank turbo pedestals. The only ones we used to sell were the Garrett parts, and we haven't been able to get those in like two years. And I know that you can get them on like Amazon or eBay or whatever. And more than likely, if you find them, they're probably mostly from the same manufacturer, no matter who's branding them. Um, so I couldn't make a recognition on which ones are good or bad, but I know a lot of people buy them on Amazon or whatever, and they seem to work fine. Um, we also want to do up pipes. Um, so we can go back into uh, OBS trucks. 
and then uh, turbo parts and rebuild kits. And um, from us, we offer diesel side up pipes. There are other options out there, um, but mainly you want to get a set of like good quality stainless bellowed up pipes. And the reason for bellowed up pipes is the factory ones will leak um, in a couple places, but where the, where the pipe from the factory goes into the collector, um, there's a, like a, a donut gasket that wears through, um, through the pipe itself. So switching to bellows, you end up bolting the pipe on both ends to your manifold and then um, onto the collector. And then there's an expansion bellow. So when um, the truck is heating up and cooling down and the, the pipes expand and contract, rather than using a gasket that wears on the steel um, on the pipe itself, it uses a bellow that will expand and contract. Um, so in this case, we're going to use diesel site uh, bellowed up pipes. I've been pretty happy with them and they work really well. And as you can see, it gets expensive pretty fast. All right, let me check something real quick. Okay. Um, next up is going to be the high pressure oil pump. Uh, the stock high pressure oil pump, the 15 degree pump on OBS trucks is not going to be capable of keeping up with really any injector larger than stock. Um, typically what I recommend is going through, um, like getting the injectors replaced in your truck because it is possible that the injectors in your truck, um, can be leaking and that can cause ICP issues if you had them, but this is more of something we can do on super duties. Um, on an OBS, I would, I would probably go ahead and just replace the injectors, test them under like the hottest tin you intend to run, like as much power as you intend to make and make sure that the truck is capable of maintaining like 2,800 to 3000 PSI uh, of injection pressure. If it's not, then it's time to replace the high pressure oil pump and more than likely you will need to. So we'll go back under the OBS trucks, fuel system, and HPOP. Um, and then we'll go to uh, HPOP and related, high-pressure oil pump and related. Now, there's a, several different pumps out there. You'll see, like, Bosch stock replacement pumps. CNC Fabrication has a, their Stage 1 and Stage 2. Stage 1 is like a stock replacement for, like, a Super Duty. It's a 17-degree pump. Um, and then their Stage 2 is a 20-degree swashplate pump. Um the other option you'll see is going to be like the T500 pumps, the Terminator engineering pumps, and diesel site uh, adrenaline pumps. Diesel site's uh, adrenaline pump is a fantastic pump. They're great. The only issue that I have with them is um, that there are other options like CNCs uh, that are quite a lot cheaper and are also fantastic. They both have um, stainless inserts. You can't see them in the picture because they have plugs in them, but they have stainless inserts. And, um, so they're not going to strip when you install your lines, which is pretty common. And, um, the CNC stage one, which is the 17 degree pump will keep up great with a stage one injector. Like we've seen it many, many, many times. It should be perfectly fine with, with these injectors and they're a good price. Um, when you replace the high pressure oil pump is not a bad idea, whether it's a OBS or a super duty, um, to replace the lines with, um, with I really like CNC Fabrications stainless braided lines. Um, they're a great way to go. So I'm going to go ahead and assume we want to add this. Um, and the other important thing is making sure that uh, your truck is at like an early 95, 94 and a half 
or a 96 doe three. Um, if you guys have questions about figuring out which one it is, you can always, um, give us a call and we can help you figure that out. Uh, let's assume it's a late and I'm going to skip the lines for now. We'll add that to the cart. And let's, uh, let's talk about, um, transmission. Very commonly, um, people are going to want to put a accumulator body in their truck or a uh, modified torque converter. One really common failure on uh, E4OD transmissions um, is the torque converter. It certainly is a failure point. And it's hard to give a general answer to a question of, should I upgrade my transmission, like components on the transmission, like upgrade the converter or stick an accumulator body in it, um, uh, or should I upgrade the transmission completely? The best general answer I can give to what you should do to the E4OD is if it has a lot of miles on it, especially if you like drop the pan and there's a lot of material in the pan, I, I wouldn't bother, especially if you're paying a shop to do the work, I would not bother paying a shop to remove the transmission to stick a torque converter in it if you have a lot of miles on it. Either way, your transmission is going to fail someday. And it would be, it's, it's a pretty big expense to stick a modified converter in the transmission, like a, you know, a billet front cover converter, like a decent converter in it, um, pay for the labor to do that and then have your transmission fail and have to do it all over again. Now, if your transmission fails, it doesn't necessarily mean that your new converter you just installed is going to be um, ruined, but it should be like at least cut and cleaned to make sure there's nothing wrong with it. There's not a bunch of debris in it. Um, and so I don't really recommend putting a converter in a bone stock, like high mileage E4OD. I would more or less say probably wait until the transmission fails or if you just want to be preemptive and buy a good transmission, upgrade it when that time comes. Um, as for the accumulator body, like, like when I say upgrade, I mean like purchase a transmission that's built and ready to go. Um, when it comes to the uh, accumulator body, a lot of people upgrade uh, the accumulator body or recommend it. I wouldn't necessarily say it's needed. Like one of the problems can be that like the, uh, like the two, three shift valve may stick. And so if that happens, um, and you need to get a replacement valve body, then sure. It's not a bad idea to get one that's going to shift a little bit firmer. Um, but the, the main thing that's important is, um, changing the accumulator body, which is what most people are talking about when they say the valve body in these transmissions, changing the accumulator body, um, doesn't it doesn't necessarily do a lot more than we can, than we can do in tuning, at least not to the extent that I would worry about it again on a stock high mileage truck. So again, if you, if you have a valve body issue, an accumulator body issue and need to replace it, sure. Get an upgraded one, get something that's going to shift firmer. Um, but again, that's all that's doing. It's making the, sh the shift happen, uh, more quickly. It's going to be a firmer shift. Um, it's not changing like your overall line pressure or holding pressure on your clutches. So it's not just like a fix all for these transmissions. If you're going to replace the transmission, replace the converter, it's not a bad idea at that point to get a, um, a better flex plate than stocks. They, they are prone to cracking. Um, and again, it goes back to when you get a transmission, get a great transmission for the power level you're making. And you kind of have to take that recommendation from whoever you choose for your builder to be. 
Um, the other thing I think I want to cover, I mean, the, the main components are here, right? We have a turbo, we have a fuel system, we have injectors, we have up pipes. We, we talked about the turbo pedestal. That's going to be important. Um, the other stuff we need to do is um, add an intercooler. And uh, normal driving, like if you're just cruising on the highway, cruising around town or whatever, intercooler isn't going to make uh, like a, a load of difference. It's not going to make a huge difference. What matters is like the more you put the truck under load and under high, like high boost scenarios when um, your air is going to be a lot hotter, um, it's going to be less dense. And the point of the intercooler is to get more air density into the engine. So it's very important. There's a lot of ways you can go about intercooling these trucks. Um, like I mentioned, you can get like a Banks kit, um, CX racing. Um, you can take a look at those. CX Racing here. Sorry about not swapping that over. Um, makes an intercooler kit that's okay. Like it's not uh, it's not the nicest thing ever, but it works. Um, they're out of stock, like everything these days. Um, the piping kit's kind of not great. The boots aren't that great. The intercooler's okay. Like like if you need a somewhat cheap kit and you don't want to put together yourself, um, then this is an okay way to go. Um, I just I don't love them. What I would do is um, get a this is this is a great option for getting a great intercooler kit that's under a thousand dollars. Carson Stouffer Diesel, so CSD Performance, uh, makes an OBS intercooler piping kit that comes with everything you need. It is the uh, the piping, the boots and clamps, the spider, um, everything besides the intercooler that will mount to a stock turbo or a drop-in turbo. It's less than $400. It's a great way to go. $384 right there. And then um, for the intercooler itself, you, you're just going to want to use a stock Super Duty replacement um, intercooler. There's a ton of intercoolers out there. You can spend like $300 to like probably more than $1,500. For an average build like this, you're probably not going to see enough benefit that it's worth the money to buy a $1,000 intercooler or a $1,500 intercooler. I don't have enough data to say like what the truth is to that, like like what benefits there are in what situations, like definitely like banks intercoolers are going to be better than a stock intercooler, just an, enough better to justify the cost. I don't think so. Um, that's up to you and you can certainly do your research on that, but either way, we're going to look for a super duty um, stock replacement intercooler and a great intercooler for that um, is a CSF um, 6017. Um, these are $300 or thereabouts. Of course it's, this could change. Um, they're an all aluminum stock replacement. They work fantastic. Um, we've never seen them crack or have any issues like that. Um, very good price. Like for what they are, they're a really good price and a great intercooler. I really, really like them. Um, I'm going to go ahead and add it here. And, uh, so that's adding to our tally, but you can get a, you know, a junkyard one if you want to probably don't recommend that. Um, or, you know, pick a fancier one if that's what you prefer. And then you can either build your own brackets to mount the intercooler, or you can get one from somewhere like OBS Solutions that has a great you know, bracket kit for mounting a Super Duty intercooler um, that's $220. So um, this really isn't a terrible way to go. I, I highly recommend it if you want to spend a little bit more money. They have a great bracket kit. Um, we're going to be working with them. We should have these available on our website pretty soon um, also. But um, this is a fantastic way to go. So... As of right now, altogether, we're looking at 
somewhere in the neighborhood of, um, you know, $5,500, $5,600 once you add the brackets and the um, intercooler piping kit. Of course, it's a live stream, so I probably am missing something glaringly obvious, but, um, but this is the basics of it. And I guess the other things I, I sort of forget because everybody always has them. Um, you're going to want an, an air intake of some kind. Um, I really like S and B filters. Um, I'm really, really happy with them. There's tons of air intake kits like AFEs, S and Bs. You can use a 6637, just like a Donaldson filter. Um, if you want to, and just like kind of make your own air intake kit, that's up to you, but you will want one of some kind. I'm, I like S and Bs a lot, so I tend to want to stick that way. Um, but some things when it comes to towing outside of just like choosing the performance parts and the things you want to do to make the most amount of usable power you can have. Let me switch this back over here. Is going to be like your tire size and gear ratio. Those are going to be very important. If you want to run larger tires. So if you want to do something like a, um, a, uh, 35 or 37, just don't, if your intention is towing heavy, like the truck is You can never compensate for the leverage from those tires with gear, with a gear ratio. Now, now if you decide you're going to put 35s or 37s on the truck, um, then definitely regear it. But, um, but I really don't recommend it like stock to like maybe like 33 inch tires um, is, is all I would recommend doing if your goal is the best like drivable experience. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, partly because we only have, you know, four speed transmission and uh, from a mechanical standpoint, we can't leverage the converter to do the work of another gear, which is kind of how it's perceived that like in tuning we should, we should do like, we should try to use the converter like a gear. That's not what it's made for. So don't run anything larger than 33s. Um, stay close to stock in that in that realm. And then like RPM-wise uh, for choosing gears, what I typically would say is like if you want to tow an overdrive, um, then pick a gear ratio if you need to regear. Pick a gear ratio that whatever speed you spend most of your time towing at, so if that's 65 or whatever, um, try, to, try to have it so like in overdrive or third, whatever gear you pick you want to tow in, that RPMs are going to be somewhere around like over like 2,200. That's going to be like the most efficient the truck can be in like easy passing power without downshifting. It'll stay on top of a turbo, especially in a responsive setup like this. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's most of what would go into this kind of build. Let me, uh, let me check something else here. All right, I'll grab a couple questions. Uh, Diehard Diesel, uh, yeah. If you want to convert to a six seven, just buy a six seven. <laughs> like that would be a lot of work. Um, that'd be a lot of work to convert to a six seven. It would be cool. I mean, a six seven and OBS body would be would be neat. I guess one other thing I didn't mention is uh, cooling, like for the transmission. Um, if you if you have temperature issues, then you'd want to stick a better transmission cooler in it. That's really what it comes down to. Like you want the transmission to be warm when you're working the truck, but like if you, if you aren't towing a lot and you know, the transmission doesn't, doesn't get hot, it doesn't get over like, you know, 200 degrees or, you know, you stay very cool all the time. 
Um, there's no need to put a larger transmission cooler and it's not going to benefit you any. Um, but if it does get hot, then a, you know, six liter style transmission cooler or just a larger cooler, there's again, tons of options for that, um, would be needed to keep it cool. Um, from Austin, what about a plastic super duty intercooler, uh, for this power rating? You can use one. Uh, it would work fine. More than likely, you're not going to have issues like blowing the end caps off. Um, I guess if it's something you had laying around, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but I don't know that I would choose that uh, on purpose when there's other options like CSFs that are pretty cheap and all aluminum. Let me look back one more time and make sure I didn't miss anything. I think we're good. Yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Um, if you guys have other questions, feel free to just drop them um, in the comments later. Uh, I may uh, go ahead and kind of cut up this video and turn it into a better video later. Uh, it's kind of hard, like trying to, trying to, like I said, plan for all the perspectives that someone might have and like the reason they would ask these questions. Uh, it can be a little difficult, but, um, and that's where like, I guess just, just going ahead and live streaming. I'm like, if there's mistakes, we can talk about it. Um, if any of you have done, uh, builds on your seven, three, like towing builds, stuff you didn't like or did like, you know, feel free to shoot us an email media at 1023 diesel.com. So M E D I A at one zero two three diesel.com. And, uh, we can certainly, uh, we can certainly add on there, uh, maybe have a conversation or we can add your information and, um, you know, get back to you with more questions or more answers to your questions. Sorry. All right, guys, it's been fun. I'm going to go home. If you appreciate the live stream style, I will keep doing it um, when I can. If you don't, then uh, then we we might anyway. Um, probably next week we'll do, I'll try to do another live stream and we'll do it on a super duty towing build. And then maybe um, over the next couple of months, we'll try to do more builds on like like higher horsepower and like the reason you would want them. I appreciate you guys watching.